phoning into Bruce's radio show. How does it sound, Drew, for me? Uh, excellent, right there. Ooh, right there. Ooh, yeah. I'm here. Uh, hey! hey! Alvarez is here. This. Hi, George. Hello. <laughs> says he's away. Uh, I, uh, no, no, I'm oh. here. Oh, hey! 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 <laughs> <But> the, uh, <laughs> you came the, out of nowhere. Uh, just before we start, boys, we've entered the new era. We've got a Twitter handle now, too. Ooh. Oh, nice. We're at Snow Day Pot. Feedback from producer Mike after episode two was that he liked the direction we were going. We're starting to find our groove a little bit. He thought maybe the topic in number one was a little bit stronger. So we'll work on that. From here on in, producer Mike's going to be picking the topics. We're going to provide him with a list of potentials. He liked the intro music, the new intro. And so we're going to kind of keep going with that and try to keep adding on. All right, on with the pod. We are four people that grew up in the same neighborhood with largely the same values, all graduating from Juniper Elementary School in Thompson, Manitoba. But time slowly stretched our perspectives and life paths, scattering us across three time zones. A snowstorm trapped us together for the first time in a decade. Snow swirled outside, bourbon swirled inside, and conversation ensued. After three days and a switch from bourbon to red wine, we agreed it would be fun to do this more often. From our world headquarters at 15 Sturgeon Crescent in Thompson, Manitoba, Canada, this is Snow Day, a podcast with Dr. George Alvarez, intensive care doctor. The advice that I would give if anybody's ever going to listen to this podcast is, you know, uh, calm the fuck down with your kid. Uh, <laughs> this better be plan B for you. Stephen DeGroot, internationally renowned speaker, author, and leadership expert. But when's the last time you uh, went headfirst into a pool, Lester? Other than a, a, pool, of... a pool of vomit. Others than <laughs> that. <laughs> a pool of my own shame. <laughs> last time Steve was in town. I'll see you Wednesday night, buddy. Leslie Hansen, software company owner and CEO. There's no question. I have built my business career 100% on the principles that I learned as an elite level athlete. And me, Bruce Krentz, the one they left behind. This podcast is an obsessed daddy. You were getting close to that. Someday I'll have to decide between you guys and my family. (laughs) Right now it's a toss up. We're going to start with world-renowned author, world-renowned, internationally renowned. Last intro, I got corrected, so Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, author, speaker, leadership guru, Stevie D, where do we find you today? Hey, I'm actually, I'm out east with, uh, I'm in the same province as Les this week. I'm on the 401 heading to London. Uh, I had a crazy day. I started in Nipua with the, the mayor of Nipua, who's my father, uh, for an Easter weekend with the kids, drove to Winnipeg, dropped them off, Winnipeg to Toronto, now driving to London. Uh, glad I could be on the call. It's, this is awesome. I'm uh, yeah, looking forward to tonight's subject. Does international, not really international, but travel like that freak you out? Like, do you ever think, you know what, if I had to walk, how many days, how much time would it take me to get from Nipua to London, Ontario? Here you did it in a day and organized a podcast in the midst of all yeah, that. It's, it's insane. Walking, 900, 942 days. <laughs> and, and change. And uh, just before we move on, Stevie, you and I were both at the Watchmen concert since we last talked. Oh, and saw each other awesome. for a grand total of about 15 seconds because you guys had a little, yeah. uh, little ticket mix up. We'll take it mix up, yeah. But you it was good. It was uh, it was good to see you. Got the hug in, and uh, watched. If I was to create a playlist, that would have been it, minus one song. So it was uh, 
It was probably one of the best sets I've seen the Watchmen play. It was amazing. And Danny Greaves sounded unbelievable. Yeah. It was awesome. Mama Bear and I had a bit of a chat about that. She's maybe not quite as keen as I am. I think as he's getting older, his voice is getting deeper, and he just sounds so amazing. It's it's blowing me away. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm with you. The set list, it was a set list for true fans because they missed out on some of the big hits, but they played some of the ones that we just give you goosebumps the minute it started. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, great. Absolutely deadly show. Sticking around in Ontario right now, software company CEO and owner, Leslie Hansen. Uh, you got a haircut, I think, since we last talked. How did that go? <laughs> That's right. You have a good memory, Bruce. I like the way you're flying together uh, past and present subject matter. I did get a haircut. Very happy with it. Came off right. smoothly. Came off smoothly. <laughs> The, uh, the experience wasn't too traumatizing for me. I didn't hate it too much. I think we talked a little bit last time about how much I hate getting my fucking haircut. <laughs> Did, didn't lose any sleep so, between uh, making that decision and actually getting her done? No, no, it, uh, it, was, it was okay. I just zenned out and almost fell asleep in the chair and... Uh, my guy Fab did his thing, and uh, yeah, no, no incidents, no issues. So I'm happy with the way that went down. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I am, uh, I am at home in downtown Toronto on a Sunday night, just uh, sitting here, still crying in my beer over the Raptors' terrible uh, oh, yeah. game one of the playoffs last night. But yeah. uh, looking e- forward to a big resurgence tomorrow. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. Stinger, to say the least. Uh, (laughs) Let's let's just go with that and we'll leave it right there. Uh, I want to say internal specialist, uh, Georgie, ER doctor. I'm still having trouble keeping up with what exactly you did. I know you went to school for for a long time. People think you're you're pretty smart. Yeah, from all those years at doctor school, it cost you some money. Uh, What's going on with you? Where are you at today? Wow, your description keeps getting worse. <laughs> I was literally just going to say that. You're actually getting further and further. You're getting further away. From uh, First Nations gynecologist out of BC. Anyway. So I'm at work. I'm on call today. So uh, I did the last few days, the last few podcasts. All I do is drink and don't work, but I'm actually at work. Oh. <laughs> making some money on this Easter uh, day, and I'm trying to resurrect, to be biblical, resurrect some of my patients who are trying to mm-hmm. die on me and uh, doing an okay job. So that's where mm-hmm. I'm at. I'm at work. Well done. Without breaking wow. any confidentiality stuff, and so that maybe I can get... I Honestly, I'm going to start writing some of this stuff down because I know I can do better. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what, what, without breaking any confidentiality, what like what kind of people are you treating? What like What have you seen in the last two and a half hours? Can you tell us that? Oh, just people that need uh, life support, Bruce. I'm an ICU doc. You can write that down. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get that, but but is it people with, like with uh, wicked infections? Is it gunshot wounds? What like what are we talking about? Yeah, for, yeah, people with uh, you know pneumonias and bad renal failure and drug overdose with continuing fentanyl epidemic, stuff like that. People who need uh, extra help or they die. Wow, sounds like my weekend last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my first my first date. <laughs> I thought you and I spent the weekend together with you and George. <laughs> All right. oh. Yeah, your your world is way different than mine. That's why I'm having so much trouble describing it. I just can't even imagine it. <laughs> All right, the, the topic at hand, why don't we jump right into that? I do have the tomato timer this time. I'm about to put 15 minutes on it. It's right here beside me. Looks like a million bucks. Uh, the topic at hand this time around is... 
kids in sports, the last couple uh, pods are practice pods that we'll refer people back to. Um, we sort of had a question, where did we fall on the side of this? And we thought we wanted to do one where we sort of did a little bit more of a general discussion on a topic. And the topic that came up was just kids in sports because we've got kids in a bunch of different sort of areas of life in this this whole zone. And we've got Les, who's our giant superstar that we're going to catch up on uh, on right away. So kids in sports, where do we start? I think we're going to start with you, George, because uh, I know this part. <laughs> I know this better than your job. You've got uh, some young budding soccer stars. We've got some Timbit soccer players coming up. You're basically starting your journey with kids in organized sport. And you called me the other day and said, we're going to, I can't remember what it was, but it's like a high performance camp for five-year-olds um in premier league premier, premier league, league. Yeah. <laughs> so newcastle fc has been called yes. already so <laughs> from wembley stadium so wait, tell, tell us a little bit about where you're at and, and how you feel about uh, your kids and, and sports right now yeah i was thinking about this just uh as i was trying to find a quiet space and i think the big difference between now and then is I think kids have become less serious and the parents have become more. And I look back just at our lives about anything that we ever did was our own volition. Uh, all the extra time we spent doing sports, it was because we wanted to hang out. I even remember, you know, celebrating less, making the national team or going to Worlds in New Zealand and throwing him like a party at Steve's basement. Yes, I distinctly in my remember basement. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, congratulating. And it seemed that all the intensity came within us. Yeah. And then as it's gotten older, the intensity, and I don't remember my parents in any way giving a shit about what I did <laughs> sports at all, except showing up for Knights of Columbus to watch me run in the middle of winter with you guys. Uh, and then the shift has been now the parents are way more intense and the kids seem to be dragged along with them so that's kind of my first salvo into what i think has changed a little bit i you know what i'll jump in on that a, a bit now and i'll let steve jump in on that a bit too i i think i agree with you 100 percent. i was just talking to my mom the other day and she said you used to find a ride to badminton club right in high school we all played at badminton club and you and i actually got a chance to hit the Artie parker gym just a, a month ago again 30 years later yeah. which just felt so good that was such a a fun night and uh and she said that she, she said i feel a little bad now because you wanted to go bad enough that you found a ride and you found your way there. The least I could have done was given you a ride, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so sad. Hey, Les, what were your parents like, Les? I mean, you, well, you had a national career. You went on to a national career in, in diving. Like, what? tell us about that. Yeah, it's interesting just listening to you guys talk, you know, because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the outlier in this group because I'm the one guy who doesn't have kids. So I have uh, Legitimate I kids that we know about, let's be clear, okay? <laughs> no, none. <laughs> None that I lay claim to, anyway. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I haven't, I haven't experienced sort of seeing it from that side. But I think in listening to what you're saying, in my mind, I'm thinking there's a couple of different factors at play. One is generational, obviously, right? We're talking about what the, the gener and the, there's quite a bit of age gap between, you know, Bruce, your oldest kid, and George, your youngest kid. There's probably almost 15 years age difference there, right? So sure. we've got a good, yeah, we've got a good, a good, you know, it's not like one generation from us to all of your kids being the same age. But but obviously the world has changed a lot since we were kids. But I also think there's a big difference that I see when I, you know, have my, my colleagues and friends in the city here in Toronto, how different life is in terms of how you view sports from large city to small town. Because I, I, you know, like I listen to people talk about 
you know the 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 stress it is on the parents and the families to keep their kids in high level hockey or high level figure skating whatever it is and all the hours because they got to get up early and they got to drive them to the rink and it's like logistically moving around a big city like Toronto or Calgary is a is a challenge whereas when we were growing up when we were kids I tell people this story sometimes I remember being I guess this probably would have been eighth grade I remember I used to get up I would ride my bike to morning workout at Norplex pool I would train from six till seven I'd race home I'd eat breakfast riding to Juniper school having volleyball practice with you guys. Remember when Mike Smith was our volleyball <laughs> coach? So I, I, I think that was eighth grade. Going to school, racing home after school, eating, riding my bike back to Norplex Pool, training for another two hours at night from five till seven, and then riding my bike to try to catch up with, with uh, Bruce and a Little League baseball game. So I had four <laughs> workouts and three different sports in one day that you know, when I was whatever, 11 years old, and I took myself to all of those without my parents' <laughs> participation. So, a little different. I, you, you, yeah, you can't do that. Like you, that's like, like that just doesn't exist. Like George, I'm sure you'll agree that doesn't exist for you in Calgary. That certainly would not exist if I had an 11 year old son here but, in Toronto. But it's think, just not possible. But, but Lester, I mean, that's a great point. However, Bruce is in that same town. So he's the only one that yep. can answer, like, you know, I, like th you're driving them, Bruce, right? Yeah, totally. And I mean, we have just about those many opportunities. And you're right, I don't see the same drive. And I don't know if that's just my kids are different than me, right? I, I will admit that I'm a little bit different that way. Boys, I'm going to admit I'm a little different. Uh, well, George, <laughs> different what's the diagnosis? Ways, <laughs> I, defer to, yeah, I defer to the doctor for the diagnosis. <laughs> I'm a gynecologist. If it's anything <laughs> with pussy, I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure we're going to be able to connect on that one, but... <laughs> Uh, I'm no, no pun. I'm no, no doctor pun intended. either, but yeah, I'll take a look. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, but but I've, I mean, since I was the same age as you, Les, and maybe that was just our little friend group, my life is still like that, right? I would happily stack six or seven things into five hours and do them all mm -hmm. instead of saying, you know what, I'm just focusing on this one thing. Whereas, I mean, I see other people around me that you sort of pick your thing and you stick to it, right? So maybe when I judge my kids, if I'm judging them, saying, you know what, you could play volleyball and then go to lacrosse and then still have band today. And they say, well, no, I don't want to do all of those things. Is that, you yeah. know, is that because you're lazy or that's just because you're not me, right? And sometimes I have, as a parent, I have to step back because I don't get that, right? <laughs> I don't get that you're in Thompson and you could do 10 things, but you're not. So why not? So, yeah, I think a lot of that is generational too, because it's true, Bruce. You remember like when we were kids, if we wanted to socialize, we did it around sports because in order for us to socialize, we had to leave our houses and meet somewhere. We met on a baseball field or we met on the street to play street hockey. But I mean, never mind, you know, social media. We didn't have, you know, we didn't even talk on the phone when yeah. we were, you know, in the <laughs> in the seventies and, and early eighties. You know, it wasn't until you. Although I do still remember all your home phone numbers from elementary school. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I was just going to say, yeah. so do That's I, true. which is which is nine hilarious. three four six, yeah, which is <laughs> insane. Nine three five, which is five one seven two. Yeah, which is insane because I can't. I don't know anybody's number. If I lost my mother's contact, <laughs> I wouldn't be it's able true. to call her. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, I mean, I think a big part of you know sports and just outdoor activity drove a lot of social interaction for us when we were kids. If you yeah. if you didn't go outside and play and play street hockey in the street. You just stayed inside and did nothing. We had two channels when we were kids before. Yeah, and, and before the cable uh, came like, in. Uh, 
the big 20 or ColecoVision or Atari. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. And I, and I agree with that. I see that tons, especially with my kids. And I'm sure Steve, you do Georgie will soon, but they, they do interact with other people constantly, but it's all on Skype and yeah, it's all online. It's yeah. all different. I remember stuff. when we were having, when we were at your house, Bruce, I remember uh, Murph talking about um, going online and playing video games with his buddies online. Right. And saying, like, oh, yeah, yeah we're going to do this later. We're going to do that later. So there's a you know, we think of it as, oh, these lazy kids play video games instead of going outside and play sports. But those video games now actually have a social interaction element it's, with them. So yeah, there's crazy. a lot of there's a lot of differences at play there. For sure. Yeah. And, I mean, he's met some kids uh, out in Vancouver. He plays games and chats and like he has friends in Vancouver now. Right. You had to become a, yeah. a world class diver to make friends across Canada or or a yeah. pen pa- or become a pen pal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and wait six fucking weeks for a letter. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Bruce, I've, I, you know what? As you were uh, I was thinking as you were telling me, you know, I grow up and I think about, you know, some of the best natural athletes I've ever met. And I often say Bruce is one of the best white I qualify you, natural <laughs> athletes that I've ever uh, met. I remember how good you you were at so many things, but in particular, how ridiculously, the amount of things that you did seemed even ridiculous to me growing up. You did everything, including band. band. And I remember in grade 9 and 10, you had skipped some ridiculous amount of school. I didn't know if you were going to pass because <laughs> you played every sport. And then it got me thinking, I like, what do you guys think? I feel like my kids should be in lots of things and not be particularly good at anything, but just really overall, and then let him choose when he's 12 or 13 what he's going to be at, because there's some sports psychology and physiology behind that. Or, or what I fear is these parents nowadays, they pick something early and they stick with it and it's to the exclusion of every other sport. And I kind of feel sad. Like, I feel great that I can play any sport. Like, I still feel pretty athletic. Yeah. And I feel yeah. kids nowadays, they don't know how to play every sport. I'd be interested to know what you guys think. Go, uh, you want to go yeah, first, I, Steve I, or me? Yeah. You go. You yeah, go. no, I totally, I, to- I totally agree. I mean, I think you've got to give them exposure to as many things as possible, right? I mean, human beings are diverse, complex. Uh, I mean, I think that's where the crazy happens is when somebody puts that investment early on into one sport. And in Canada, it's often hockey. Right. And then it's the parents investment becomes what they do, like vicariously versus the kids commitment that I think there's a there's an exclusion to other sports, which limits them totally. And then B, it intensifies the pressure the parent has to see it through. So that's what I feel. I think uh, exposure to uh, as many sports as possible and let them choose what they like. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I mean, there's a there's a tricky spot in there, I think, a little bit, because sometimes you do have to give your kids a little bit of a push and it's hard to pick what that should be right i think sometimes yeah. sometimes you don't know how good or how much you'll enjoy something until you really kind of get into it but at the same time uh, george you're exactly right good if you want a good hockey player the best hockey players are good athletes and the best soccer players are good athletes you're not just a good soccer player right and so learning all of those things the other thing that we've totally seen with murphy is that as he's getting older you see that he's not as interested in competitive sport he loves sport right he likes skiing and he likes badminton because it's probably not as competitive as maybe hockey is because the hockey world is bananas. And if you're in the States, that's football or basketball or whatever. Right. Um, but how could you know that when you're five or six years old? So to so to give these guys a, a wide range of activities that you're good at. Exactly what you said, George. Right. Any somebody knocks on the door and says, hey, let's go play squash. Let's go try skiing. Let's go snowboarding. 
you're not afraid to at least take a hack at those and you're not going to be the best person on the slopes but you're not you don't feel uncomfortable there right yeah yeah so it's uh i think that i think that's the biggest takeaway with the kids is is giving them all those the other one that i wonder about and i i still haven't reconciled this and this one i throw this to you a little bit less but it's interesting when you see kids that uh that are super involved in sports that aren't necessarily life sports and i mean you see it lots with gymnastics like when you're 13 your gymnastics career is winding down right and diving's a little bit like that as well and i think you get life skills out of that and you get balance and you've become a good athlete because of that but when's the last time you uh, went head first into a pool lester yeah uh, other than a, a, pool, of... a pool of vomit other than yeah. that <laughs> a pool of my own shame <laughs> <laughs> Last time uh, Steve was in town, yeah. I saw Steve after Toronto. I'll see you Wednesday, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, there's a there's a it's a pretty like for me. Obviously, I mean, you guys know my story, right? Oh, yeah. Give us a little bit of background. Yeah. Am just, I being whistled off? Am I being no, whistled that, off with that? that? That was the timer, actually. But tell us your story. We're, we're giving you we're giving you a few extra minutes. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, you guys know my story. You know, I, I just talked about how when I was, you know, we were in the eighth grade, I, you know, doing all these sports and all these things. And then I was sort of that stereotypical athlete, um, you know, who had success at an early age and decided to focus entirely on one sport, left home at age 14, went and trained, you know, with national team and, and whatnot. And after that point, like, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but after that, that point, when I left Thompson in 1985, I never played another sport. Like when I got to Winnipeg, no more, no high school basketball, no high school volleyball. I fucking wanted to play high school football so badly because remember we didn't have football really, organized football right. in Thompson. Mm, I got right. to Winnipeg and there was like a high school football team and I was like, oh, I wanted to play so badly. No fucking way my coach was going to let me play football. So all of that went out the window and everything wow. focused on one sport. And I mean, there's pluses and minuses to that, right? If it, you... There's a tremendous amount that a kid can learn from excelling and competing at a very high level in sport, which, you know, you're going to increase the likelihood if you want to compete in, at, at a very high level, then you have to focus at some point. Whether the right age to start doing that is a topic of great debate. I think in the 80s, people leaned towards specialization. Now the thinking in sports science has gone back towards what Bruce was mentioning, that if you create a great athlete through their early years and, and early teens, then they can choose what sport they want to play, depending on depending on what it is. Some things like, you know, gymnastics ability and whatnot needs to be bred into people at a, at a little bit of an earlier age. But uh, I think, you know, the other thing that's important, maybe from a parenting standpoint, is, you know, George, when you look at giving your kids an opportunity to try everything and pick and choose what they like, I think you also have to allow your kids to make that decision for themselves as to whether or not they want to really excel at something or whether they want to be a social athlete, right? Like there's, there's, you know, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier on. There are a lot of parents out there who, you know, are in their thirties and forties and have a developed brain and say, I want, you know, my kid's going to be the next Tiger Woods. So I'm going to take him to the driving range every day, starting when he's four years old. And well, he doesn't realize that, you know, he has to start training at age four years old. if He wants to be the next Tiger Woods. But the other thing that that parent hasn't really stopped to think about is that kid doesn't know 
if he wants to be the next Tiger Woods yeah, or not. Yeah, exactly. So, well, most right? of them and, don't want to be. Right, yeah, exactly. right. And and so then you you end up with you end up with kids who've gone a long way down a path in a sport, and they become addicted to it. Like it becomes there's a point at which, you know, you feel so invested in it that you can't really stop, and. A lot of the people, I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys this flat out. A lot of the guys that I trained with, guys and girls that I trained with, never got any enjoyment out of the sport that they were training in. Couldn't wow. stop themselves from doing it, but never got any enjoyment out of it. It was more, more of an addictive drive than this is great and this is what we have been talking about sports being up until this point, right? Fun, socialization you know, development of an understanding of, you know, how to achieve and how to train and all the positive things that you can get out of sports. You can really burn that and throw it all out the window if you are are too intensely involved and that desire hasn't been self-generated within that kid. So, yeah, yeah. Good like points. I said, I don't have kids, so I don't have to worry about that yet. <laughs> that's Still the, bring that's words. My, that's my yeah. piece of advice for yeah. you guys oh, as fathers. No, I, that's I, right. I, we're, we're too close. We can't see it. We can't see it like that. <laughs> yeah. well, you, you can and you can't, right? Like, I, I love exactly yeah. what you're saying, Les, because I, I think I see two sides of this. We see you, and you, you, you haven't <laughs> jumped headfirst into a pool of sh- anything but shame in a long time. At the same time, You've achieved a lot in your lifetime, and and probably you can look back on some of that and said, you know what, I learned how to excel through diving, and then I translated that into some other spots in my life. Oh, without without a doubt, without a doubt, for me, uh, even though you know, there, I at some point I had to, you know, through through hours of therapy, I had to to learn <laughs> to make the decision of whether the fact that you know I never went to the Olympics meant that all of those years of training was a failure or whether the fact that I had spent all those years training and learning a tremendous amount about, you know, discipline and performance and achievements and all the good things that come out of that can then be transferred over into the rest of my life, which they, they absolutely have. Like, there's no question. I have built my business career 100% on the principles that I learned as an elite level athlete. And so from that standpoint, it was definitely time well spent for me, even though I never got, you know, anywhere near the, the, the original goal, which was to go to the Olympics. Yeah. So there's definitely positives that come out of it. But well, it stayed, it stayed with a, you and transferred into your life. And I'm just wondering, when are you going to lose the Speedos? Because that's getting weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to feel awkward for us. I'll, 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 fin- yeah. I'll finish that thought, though, just with the flip side of that, Lester, though, is, and I mean, sort of as a parent, a lot of what I want is a lifetime sports for my kids. And I'll tell you, I was just down in Winnipeg again. I feel like I almost live there more than Steve does right now. Uh, Men's (laughs) hockey tournament, right? So we spent the weekend, we were average age, 43 years old, playing hockey. Couldn't have had a better time, right? You're hanging out with the guys, but we're still playing sport. And that brought us all together. And that's something that we've had forever. And I think, man, if I can pass that on to my kids, and it doesn't have to be hockey. It can be basketball, volleyball, wall ball. I don't care, but just sort of a a, a love for that and finding your community in that and still being active and stuff. it's, It's amazing, right? So there's, oh, there's really yeah. two sides to that equation, and maybe maybe you can have them both. But uh, sometimes I think when you're at a super high level, playing hockey or volleyball with a plugger like me would would be hard. So we're way over our 15 minutes. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, let's throw it to you, George. It feels like we were sort of trying to give you some advice on the the do's and don'ts of parenting kids in sports, and I don't think we gave you any good advice at all there. I think lots of good advice, but no no one path for sure. What do you think? You know, I uh, I think everything because we grew up in the same um, small town. I already knew all this stuff and I had the unique opportunity 
to have friends that have gotten through all levels of sports that way. The advice that I would give if anybody's ever going to listen to this podcast is, you know, uh, calm the fuck down with your kid. Uh, <laughs> this better be plan B for you because, <laughs> like, just in case they don't become the next Tiger Woods, maybe give them other life skills. Uh, that's all that I would say is chill out and give them more opportunity to be more, do more things. I always joke about that. That's I'm, my I'm like, lesson. Why don't you go to their math class and yell at them when they make mistakes on their math test? Because that's going to serve <laughs> them way better than yelling at them at the hockey rink for passing it across yeah. the center. Good, good, good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good yeah. point. And I'm, I'm with Georgie there. I'll jump in there because I think based on my life experience and also my career is that when parents make it about them and not about their kid, is when the potential of a whole bunch of shit happens. I mean, it's just that, like when it becomes about the parent, regardless of whether it's small, medium or large, is when it goes sideways. And parents don't realize early out of the gate that four-year-old or that 12-year-old where it becomes about the parent and not about the kid, that all sorts of resentment brews and um, yeah, is, uh, is hard to get over. And it just destroys relationships. So I think parents need to ask themselves, sport or my relationship? It's pretty, it's pretty clear. Well, the other funny one, I'll, th- I'll just throw one last one. I felt like I've jumped in a lot, but uh, for George's, this totally cracks me up because now that my kids are a little bit older, they're actually good at sports and parents stop watching. So using hockey as an example, when they're four years old, the place is packed. There's grandparents, there's aunts, there's uncles, like the neighbors are there. It's painful to watch. Let's be honest. Four-year-olds don't know how to play hockey. <laughs> like, like they're, they're cute for about 20 seconds, and no offense, George, but probably soccer is the same way for you right now. And then when your kids are 15 and 16, they actually know how to play the sport in the game, and everybody just either gives them the car or drops them off at the rink and says, whatever, don't wake me up when you get home. So <laughs> don't, don't give up on Good them when point. they're older because that, that's when it's – and it's fun to go Good skiing point. with them and hang out with them and all that stuff, right? They're, they're real athletes now, so – yeah, don't yeah. lose that. Lester, any final thoughts? Uh, I was I was thinking, actually, as I was listening to George, I was thinking back to uh, spending a little bit of time with his kids in their backyard on their trampoline last summer and uh, thinking that his kids are very athletic, and I was impressed by that, and I was happy to see that. And I have seen uh, Steve's son play hockey, and uh, in, I can't remember if it was a championship game. It was It was a pretty serious game. He scored four he scored, goals and two assists. Yeah, four <laughs> goals and two assists. And absolutely dominated. And that, of course, yeah. made me smile. And then I was thinking also, Bruce, when we were having dinner at your house the other night, listening to your son talk about lacrosse, I could feel that he had the same love of sports and the same competitive fire for sports that you have. And I was just kind of like chuckling to myself, listening to him, thinking that the similarities were there. So I think, you know, in, in my mind, I think you guys have all done a great job of, of raising your kids so far. And I think that, uh, you know, don't overthink it too much. You guys are good dads, and that's all it really comes down to. <laughs> Cross your fingers, think happy thoughts, uh, plant a potato, yeah. get a potato. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, all right, that was, uh, that was awe-inspiring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go, wise words. That, that's why you're the speaker and I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to use that tomorrow. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a Barry Rempel classic. I love that one. Yeah, that is a good one. It's a beauty. Uh, okay, we're going to wrap it there. We're <laughs> way right, over we're our 15 out. minutes. Good discussion. Georgie, you probably got to get All back right. to work and save some lives. What do you got coming up this week? Tell us quickly before we get rid of you. Oh, I'm just going to continue work, and then we got to going to try to catch one last ski day this weekend with the kids when I'm off work. Killer. How, nice. How, how great is that? Watch for Murph. They've got a band trip coming out to Banff. They're going to Sunshine in about a week and a half. Should be should be pretty cool. Stevie D, what you got coming up this week? 
I'm just here in London and Toronto doing my work, talking to a bunch of people about great things, how to be better people, how to be better leaders. And then I'm hoping to catch Lester for dinner because I owe him dinner again because he beat me in the NCAA <laughs> pool again. Try, try to keep looking forward to it. Yeah. I always to... feel I love being in Ontario because it's where I'm from and uh, I always get to see less and uh, yeah, it's just uh, nothing better than that. So I'm looking forward to this week. Try to get more than a hug out of him like uh, you and I did on our night out together. That was, that was brutal. <laughs> yeah, more than 15 seconds, yeah. yeah exactly. He's uh, got to eat. He's got to eat. <laughs> oh, uh, Georgie, if you're still on the line right after we talk to Lester, we want to know how the vegetarian thing went too before we let you go. Lester, what's coming up? Uh, yeah, I got a busy week. I got my uh, my business partner from Ottawa is in town, and I got to go with him tomorrow night, and then I got Steve rolling through town. And then uh, my girlfriend is an artist, and she has a big art show on Thursday night where she's got uh, one of her paintings at a at a gallery opening. So I got to go do that. And then uh, on the weekend, I'm taking off for the beach for a week. So well, take nice. take a little chill time. Too good, Georgie. How was vegetarian for you? A couple weeks. I'm three weeks in. Oh, and how do you feel? Well, just like Les said, I don't feel much different. I haven't eaten red meat actually since I was in San Francisco three weeks ago today. So it's actually been more than the two weeks, and I'm going to keep it going till Steve might be coming into town two weeks from now. So I'm sorry, be you better drop that, drop that foolishness when I get there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the dumps are better, I'm sure. I'm I'm off to Vegas, boys. Uh, what? Yeah, nice. <laughs> The, from Flon to Vegas. From Flon nice. to Vegas. I'm telling you, I'm living the life. Let it ride, Bruce. Let it ride. <laughs> black a black eleven. Here I come. <laughs> and unbelievably, the Celine Dion concert. How's how sad for? Nice. Not exactly stepping it up, but it'll be it'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just getting from Thompson to Vegas is big for people like us. So well, you can't. Who cares expect, what happens? I'm just turn around and come back. And it's been a successful trip. <laughs> you can't expect much more than that. Uh, last one, guys. Producer Mike scored the most unbelievable overtime goal you've ever seen in the men's hockey tournament we were at he uh it was a crazy game with a bunch of penalties and stuff we ended up in overtime we were shorthanded in overtime he blocked a shot which no krentz has maybe ever done before in their lives because we're, we're pretty soft and uh turned into a breakaway scored a goal it was just it was wild stuff so shout out to producer mike uh unbelievable nice producer mike <laughs> love this guy I tell you, it was crazy. <laughs> all right, boys, I think that's the pod. The, right. the timer was up a long time ago, so we'll uh, we'll do it all again soon. Thanks, boys. All right, take care, guys. Ciao. Want to add your perspective or have story ideas? Tweet at us. We are at Snow Day Pod. <laughs>